I humbly submit myself to you on tonight, God, that as I open my mouth, God, you have already filled it. Thank you for my teacher, my helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. It's good to be back together again, isn't it? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are going to start again with talking about um, being separate, being separate from the world. Go with me to Exodus 19.6, and we're going to talk about the Israelites a little bit and how God um, was reminding them of who they were being in him or being you know, or following him. Exodus um, 19, um, 6 says, I'm reading out the expanded Bible. Exodus 19, 6 says, You will be my kingdom of priests, a holy nation, set apart to serve God and bring others to him. You must tell the Israelites these words. So God was speaking to Moses and he was telling Moses, that the Israelites would be the, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. That means that they would be set apart to bring others to him. And the reason why I'm going over that is because we're supposed to be set apart from the world. Set apart from the world means we're supposed to be different. Meaning that people supposed to see us in a different light. We don't supposed to be looking like the world is looking. So when we're set apart and we are amongst them, they know that we're not a part of them. I always say we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we do not do what the world does. So God was reminding Moses, he said, this is what I want you to tell the Israelites. And the reason being because when they went into the land, being that they were different, they would see the differences in the Israelites versus them. And that's how we supposed to be today. I went over Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, verses four through eight. And we're going to go back through that again. And this is what God was saying again. But all of you who continue following, cling to the Lord your God are still alive today. Look, I have taught you the laws, the statutes, the ordinances, the requirements, and the rules the Lord my God commanded me. So what Moses was telling them, you've been taught, you've been taught on how to live. You've been taught the rules, you've been taught the statutes, you've been taught the requirements. And this is how God wants you to live. So when we're set apart from the world, we, we're living according to the word of God. We're doing what the word says, and we don't go outside of what the word is saying. So he said, now you can obey the laws in the land you are entering, in the land you will take um, possession Obey these laws carefully, keep guard and do obey in order to show the other nations that you have wisdom and understanding, discernment. When they hear about these laws, they will say, this great nation of Israel is wise and understanding, discerning. No other nation is as great as we are. Their gods do not come near them, but the Lord our God come near when we pray to him. And no other nation has such good commands as those I'm giving you today. So God was reminding them, you know, who they were. And he was letting them know this is how you carry yourself 
amongst the nations. And they could carry themselves this way is because that's the way they have been taught. Going back to our childhood, I don't know about you, but in my childhood, I was raised, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I can't say I served him, but I was raised that way to serve him. When a parent or a grandparent, whoever raised you, if they're teaching you the right way, sooner or later, you're going to end up going that way. You're going to know right from wrong. We all have a choice. Someone can teach you what's right, but you have the right to choose what they're teaching you. They're not going to make you. It's up to you to make that choice. And in today's society, I'm seeing one-year-old, two-year-olds. I mean, they're acting like grown-ups. They act like they know more than grown-ups. They can work phones better than we can. I mean, they have so much um, energy, so much um, knowledge and, and, and things of this world. They grab hold to it so quick. You look at them like, where did you get that from? And you have to really check them because they grab a hold of things so quick that if you don't tell them, no, 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 that's not right because you can teach them the right way at home. But when they get amongst other kids that are not taught the right way, they'll come back and they will cuss you out. And they'll keep saying stuff that's outside of what they've been taught. This is why we have to be so careful with what we say around little children and how we say it because they repeat what you say and it becomes instilled in them it becomes a part of them and they'll say well this is what I learned this is this is how I was taught so that's what God was telling the Israelites he was letting them know I'm gonna give Moses the, the word and the command my requirements my way of doing things and I want you to give it to them because as you teach them my way, no matter where, where they go, they're going to do things the way I want them to do it. That's why the word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. That means seek his way of doing things. So the more we go into the word of God and know God's way of doing things, when we're around people, they will know we are different because we're doing it God's way. We're not doing it the world's way. So that's why God had to set these laws and these requirements. Um, he had to give them to them because it was so much sin in the world that people were living normal lives and they were thinking, this is normal. I don't know about you. You can be around certain people and they're doing things that's just toe up, but it's normal for them. They'll be around um, older people and they're cussing, they're dropping it like it's hot. They're doing crazy stuff. And you're looking at them and say, that's so disrespectful. You, you don't recognize who's amongst you. It's just like that's just the way that they are. And it's normal to them. And they'll say, oh, you're just too holy. You know, this, you're just too holy. You, you're trying to live, you're trying to be better than it. It's not being better than nobody else. It's be, even not being saved. You should have respect for older people. You should not disrespect older people even if you're not saved. Why? Because you know right from wrong. So it's too based on your upbringing. But like I said, when you begin to socialize with other people, you begin to want what they have and you begin to want to do what they are doing. So that's why we have to stay in the word of God so we will know the difference. And when we know the difference, we live according to what we know. And when it becomes so much a part of you, you're not just doing it because somebody's watching you. 
You do it because this is your way of living, because this is how you've been taught through um, the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. So let's look at some examples in the word of God. And we have already talked about these men um, of God, but I'm going to bring it back because it's such good examples. We talked about Abraham um, in, what was it, Genesis, the 12th chapter, when God told him that he had to leave you know, from around his family. He had to leave from what he was familiar with. So God separated Abraham from his family and they were serving other gods. So God wanted to be the one and true living God. And actually God was using Abraham to bring forth the nations. The nations was going to come through Abraham. So when God has chosen you for a particular purpose or plan, then God will end up separating you. Sometimes you can be in the same house with your family, but you feel different. You feel left out. You feel like you just don't fit. And you're saying, Lord, this is my mama. This is my daddy. These are my siblings. But I feel so different in this house. I feel like I'm, I'm just not fitting not only with them, but with people around me. Lord, what's wrong with me? And I thank God that he has sent people and placed people in your life to prophesy over you. And he'll begin to um, tell them about, you know, your life and what God has for you. And he, he does that with a lot of us. I don't know about you. When I was growing up, people will tell me different things that was going to happen in my life. And I'm like, that person crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. But through the years, those prophecies have come to pass. That's when you know that's not a lying prophet or someone that God has sent to give you a word from him concerning your life. So this is why we cannot be around people that are out of alignment with what the word of God is saying or doing. Everybody that profess Christ or confess Christ don't mean that they know him. Everybody that say that they're saved don't mean that they're saved because really they don't really know what salvation is. When I got saved, I accepted Jesus, but I didn't know why I accepted Jesus. So it's, it, it was always a question in my mind, well, Lord, what is salvation? Nobody never explained that to me to where I could understand what I had. So when I grabbed hold to the reason why Jesus died, when I grabbed hold to all of that, I began to understand. Now, don't get me wrong. I knew that something had happened, but I didn't know what had happened. And you got to know what has happened to you and where it happened. Because if you don't, you say, I don't feel saved. Salvation is not about a feeling. See, when you know who you are now that you are in Christ and you began to go by what the word of God is saying to you, not based on, you know, what's happening currently in your life, because if we don't renew our minds, if we don't get into the word of God really to know who we are, then we'll get discouraged thinking, I'm not really saved. But the, the true way of knowing that you're saved is you turning from what? you're doing even though you falling you getting back up and say god that was wrong i need some help god this is not the way it should be and god hears your heart it's a heart cry y'all because anybody that truly has gotten born again they are willing to separate themselves from people and from things that they know that's not right in the eyes of god it's just an unction that you have because when I got saved, I told y'all how my life changed and I quit sitting with certain folk because I knew what we were saying and doing was wrong and it was a pull on me. So I refused to sit there and do like 
I used to do with other people. So I began to just separate myself. I began at times to eat by myself, take the word of God, begin to read the word, you know, and take that 30 minutes and, and making it beneficial to get my mind renewed so my body would follow who I am now that I'm in Christ. So that's the separation. Some of us say, you know, I love the Lord and I know God, but then you got to check out your fruit. What kind of fruit are you bearing? What, what are people seeing in your life that should not be seen? Those are the areas that you know that you should work on because we're, we're at the point now, y'all, that you got to really know how to tell a saint from a sinner. I'm being honest. You have to really be able now, because even the elect are being fooled. Because you got some saints going for any and everything. And they saying they love Jesus. The devil is a lie. Because when you love Jesus, you don't go for any and everything because somebody else is going for it. Because you know that the life you live now is not your own no more. You were bought with the price. If, if you're really truly born again, you just can't sit and watch someone disrespect the God that you love. And you in the midst of them allowing it. You, you don't, that's just how much you um, know that you're truly saved. Because I'm not going to let nobody come in my home. And I know my husband is not going to let nobody come in my home with a beer can, smoking and cussing and, and cutting up. And I'm sitting there saying, have a seat, sit down, let's talk a little bit. And they still cussing and drinking and carrying on. Then I'm disrespecting the God that's in me. It's just like, what you're doing is okay. No, it's not okay. Because the Bible said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So when you come up in this house, then you're going to, you know, respect the God that's in me. Now, sometimes people don't respect the God that's in us is because we allow it. So what they see us allowing, they're thinking that I'm okay to do this and I can still be saved. No, we're supposed to have a standard. We're supposed to have a standard when it comes to the God that we serve. We do not sit up and let somebody cuss and cut. Hold it. Hold it right there. We tell them truth in love. We speak truth in love. Y'all, even our children, some of our children, they show us disrespect because of the way we carry ourselves and we say we save. That's not right. Our children should see the light. That's coming from us now that we're born again. We should be letting our light shine before men so our father can be glorified in heaven. And the more you let your light shine before men, they're going to respect the God in you because you're letting them know by the life that you're living. I don't go for this. If people don't invite you to what they have, they know how you live. So why you get upset? Why you get upset because you ain't invited? Why you get upset because family don't want to stay in your house? They know who you serve. They know what you believe. But if your house is the house they flock to all the time, and y'all doing every kind of stuff up there in that house, they're going to say, come on to their house. You know, they just like we are. They say, but, you know, they still enjoying life. <laughs> so if you're getting shunned 
Because now that you're saved, you know that you're living a separate life. You know that you're living a holy life. You know holiness comes through Jesus Christ. We are holy because of him, but our life should reflect that holiness, that set aside, being set aside, being separate. That's why God was letting this nation know, I chose you. You didn't choose me. Now I'm choosing you to make a difference in front of all these other nations. Meaning that when you show up, they know the God that you serve, that the God that you serve is different from their God. And that's what the world need to know about us, y'all. They need to know that the God that we serve is different from the God that they're serving. That means we pull back off of what they want us to do and we begin to do what God would have called us to do. So if family is upset with you because you don't show up at certain things because you know what happened and doing those certain events, hey, it's okay because that's not who you are no more. How do you know a person has really changed? They don't do the same thing no more. They don't act the same way no more. They don't go to the same club no more. They don't listen to the same music no more. I was listening to, um, it was this reality show, and it was a good show, y'all. It was family-oriented, and they prayed all the time. They talked about Jesus. I mean, um, it was a husband, a wife, and they had three children, and they taught the children, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. They prayed before they had dinner, before they took the children to school. They would um, proclaim um, different things over their lives that was positive. This is how our day is going to go today. Um, the wife, she went through um, two years of having colon cancer, and she was at stage three. And now it's in remission, and they would always give God glory for that. But this is the key. When you look at them, you would say, they're living that life, but it's mixed up. What was happening was, he's a country singer, and she's a hip-hop dancer. So before he sings his country music, he gives glory to God for giving him that gift and for him to use that gift for the world. She dances off of hip-hop, but she gives God glory for what she doing dancing off of hip hop. But a person that really don't know Jesus that just got saved is saying, I can do what they do and I'm okay with God. See, it's outside, but their lifestyle, the, the lifestyle didn't like, they were speaking it out of their mouth. That's what they were saying. But see me, I know the difference. Somebody else would not know the difference. They would say, if she's still doing hip-hop and she danced with Snoop Doggy Dogg, she danced with him and she danced with all these other secular artists, she was dancing behind them. I mean, that's just their life. But they say, we don't leave God out of it. That's mixed up. It's mixed. This is what's happening today. Whether y'all know it or not, is people living like that today. And they went to church. They went to church. They helped folk. They helped folk. But see their fruit. They were showing some kindness. They, they were acting like everything was okay. You know, he was sticking with his wife. They was believing God for this, that, and the other. But the things that they were doing was not lining up with who they are in him. Because if God gives you a gift, that gift is to glorify him, 
not the world. If he have you moving like that with all those things, it's going to bring glory to him in dance, not glory to secular world. No, it's not going to do that. So we're seeing more things on television. Then I saw another show, y'all, based on a true story. A girl fell in love with another girl when they were little. The girl told her, I'm not like that. That's not what I do. So she got mad with her and say, I just hope you die. So when they grew up and got older, her friend did die. Her father died. Her mother died way before her father. So she ended up getting engaged to another uh, uh, guy. And when she got engaged to him, she wasn't satisfied because the mother tried to ruin their relationship. One day she saw a guy get hit. The guy got hit. He got back up and he should have been dead. So she began to talk to him about her life. And he said, tomorrow your life will be much better. I guarantee. She woke up the next day. She was in her lifestyle that she wanted, which was with the girl she wanted to be with. They were getting married. So as they were getting ready to get married, the girl said, we got to go talk to the priest because he want to talk to us. When they sat down with the priest, the girl said, I want to understand why you can't marry us. And he said, you, you know why I can't marry you. She said, well, law says now. The law that has just passed says that you have to marry us. You cannot have no distinction. It's going to be equal now. And that's according to the law. This is what this priest told her. I know what your, the, the law is saying and what the government is saying. But according to the law that I read, it said it's for male and female. And I can't go against what the word says. She said, well, you need to pray on it because everybody else is in with it. So he left it alone. She said, when I got pregnant, you advised me what to do. And he advised her when she got pregnant, do not have an abortion. God will make a way for you and the baby. So she didn't, but something happened. Long story short, this guy, the next day, he turned on the television, which he was a priest. The Pope was up there saying, our Catholic Church now have to marry whomever want to be married. We cannot make a distinction. So the next day, he's going to have the church service. He reading out the Bible, y'all. First Corinthians, in the sixth chapter, it talks about these people will not inherit the kingdom of God. It talked about homosexuals. It talked about people committing adultery. It talked about all these people that will not inherit the kingdom of God. This priest overnight, after the Pope said what we have to do, he said, but we're not going on this. We're going on love. The love should get you to um, not have any distinction." So he called all the people up in the church that were homosexuals and he gave them communion in front of the whole church. People got up, they walked out of the church. He said it should not be no distinction. He loves us all and he gave them communion. He performed their wedding that day. This is what we're coming to. This is a true story. This is what they're trying to do now is to make Christians bow down 
to laws that they're going to make to say you have no right to say whom you're not going to marry. You have to marry them or you will go to jail or you will be fined. So this is why when you say that you are separate, you have to stand and say, I will not go outside of what I believe. It's coming into law that you're going to have to do this because we're not making no distinctions. This is what they're going to make a law to do. They want anybody to come into the church and fellowship and you cannot talk Bible on what's right according to the word. Because if you do, you discriminate. And it's written. This is what you're coming to now. This is the next thing that's coming up in January, okay? This is next. It's coming up. And see, everything that looked good ain't good. That's why we have to be the ones that stand up and living for what's right according to the word. See, flesh don't want to live right. It doesn't. Why do y'all think if we read the Bible the way it need to be read with illumination, with the help of the Holy Spirit, why do y'all think God chose a particular nation? They weren't big, wasn't a big nation. It wasn't nothing so uh, special about them. But God said, I'm going to set you apart so people can learn from you so they can come to me. I'll give you an example. As for me and my house, I can't speak for yours. Me and my husband are supposed to make a difference with our children. First of all, it starts with us. I was the first one that accepted Jesus. So my life had to shine in order for him to come to God. So the things I did had to reflect what I believed and it had to bring change in that home for him to come to me and say, what must I do to be saved? Now, what I did in the beginning was wrong. I was trying to force feed him what I had. I will always say, you, you, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. You need to be saved. This is what you need to do. He said, I'm not ready to be saved. So in prayer, the Lord said, leave him alone. I said, okay. He said, leave him alone. So I started getting more in my word. I didn't badger him about being saved, about getting saved. Next thing I know, one day he came to me and he asked me, what do I need to do to be saved? Y'all, I was so tongue-tied, so tore up. I couldn't even give him what to do, but I knew, but he got it. He did. That night he got it. How did he get it? Because he was watching what I was going through. He saw what I was going through. He saw who I was depending on. I would leave this man home while I would go to church. He would stay in the house. I I didn't stop doing what I was doing because he wasn't doing it. I knew what I needed. So the more I left him alone and the more I fell in love with Jesus, the more he wanted what I had. And he got what I had. Why? Because it was my fruit. I stopped just trying to throw something at him. And I began to live the life that God wanted me to live. Now, when he began, when he got saved, now that man there could cuss. He could. I couldn't cuss, y'all. I had two words, and I ain't going to tell you what they were. And I probably used them out of content. But that one there, he could. And listening to music, he could. But guess what? When he wasn't saved, if I'm in the car with him, he'll turn it off. He showed respect. So when he did get saved, everything stopped. He stopped cussing. He stopped listening to music. He just stopped. So nobody can tell me 
If you stand in the same house with someone that don't know Jesus, the closer you get to Jesus, the more they're going to be drawn to him through you, through how you're living. So he got saved. So me and my husband, we began to become on one accord with our children. And when something would go on, we didn't fuss in front of our children. We would go in the room and talk about different things because they had no right to know what was going on between us. A divided house will not stand. So they never knew when there was no money. Well, they probably knew when they ain't getting no Mickey D's, but they never knew when the lights was about to get turned out. They never knew financial stuff. They never knew what was going on in our marriage. Why? Because we're the adults. They're the children. So when they watched the way we live and what we didn't allow in that house, did they get mad? Oh, yes, big jolly green giant was mad. Mama, that's probably why I did all I did because you wouldn't let me do nothing. I say you did all you did because you chose to do what you did. So out of respect for us, our children don't come up on us. Mm-mm. Our cho- if Jeremy raised his voice just a little, he'll get him. Or I'll be saying, come on, what you say? You know why? Because that's the way we raise them to be. And even they respect, when I'm studying, mama, can I bring the girls? Are you through studying? Not yet, Jeremy. Okay, just let me know, and that's when I bring them. Now the little teeny girls, me, ma, are you through studying? Can we come to your house now, me, ma? We'll be quiet. You know why they do that? Because my life didn't change. I wasn't acting something out in front of them and then going back like a windshield wiper doing something else. My life always stayed steady. It was always the same. So if anybody asked about me, they know what to tell them and they know where I am. So if I ever get out of line, they probably fall out because they don't know no different. If they ever heard me cuss, they probably say, oh, Jesus must be coming because they don't know no different. I'm telling y'all, the life you live, it's going to speak volumes for you. Am I bragging on me? No, I'm bragging on the God that's in me. Because the more I got to know him, the more I could not look at my husband and we in a, a small discussion or get in an argument and could not go back to him the same day and say, no, I'm sorry, that was wrong. The God that's in me won't let me sleep at night. Without, you don't have to pray that my sleep is broken. Because the God that's in me, the Holy Spirit, will let me know what to do before I lay down because of the separation. Y'all can't tell me that you know God the way you know God and you go for days without apologizing. Uh Uh-uh. No. You can't tell me because the more you get into the word and the more you get to know him, you separating from darkness and you're walking in the light. Anything outside of this word is darkness. Unforgiveness is darkness. If you got unforgiveness in your heart, something is wrong. If you say you in the word, you don't believe he forgave you. That's separation. It starts in the home, y'all. Come on, if I was not... Doing what I need to do in the home. I don't believe that man will sit there 
and just sit there and, and take it like he's taking it because some people get in church and they act like everything is okay and they be talking all that mess and then the husband get home and say you know you're the biggest liar i ever seen you're the biggest hypocrite i ever seen you lying with them people it starts at your home y'all it starts at your home for your kids to look at you and tell you you ain't no christian for a child to tell you that. Children watch what you do and watch what you say, y'all. And they'll turn the tables when they want something. And they'll tell you what you didn't do. I remember I used the word one day with Jeremy. And it was stupid. That, that was the word, stupid. And I remember one day I had said that word. He said, Mama. You said we can't use that word that way. I said, you're right. Forgive me. Forgive me, it was wrong. You have to own up to what you say. That's when you know you live in a separate life, y'all, because you're not trying to say, shut up, I'm the mama. I say what I want to say, and you better listen. No, you humble yourself. And you say, baby, yeah, it was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I had no right saying that. And you know what? I apologize. Forgive me. Those children see you in another light. So this is why the, the more we stay in the word and know what the word says, the more we can live according to what the word says. It's no way, y'all, I'm telling you, I have learned. If I have said one thing to Brother Willie, yeah, Willie. If I have said one thing to Willie, I pick on Willie. He know me, right, Brother Willie? Do I call you Brother Willie? See, he don't even hear me. See what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. That's Willie. That's Willie. He's trying to get it right. That's all. If I say something that I feel like that wasn't right, do I call you Willie? Did it yesterday. No, it's okay. No, 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 no. I know the pull I had on me based on what I said. See, you have no shame in your game of telling your stuff when you're doing it according to the word, somebody that don't want to tell something is because they're still feeling guilty. I get to get off me. I don't know about you. I, because now that I'm in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. I get it off me real quick, but I try to keep butt out of it. Because, see, you ain't really getting it off of you if you're trying to accuse Athea of making you say what you said. But I wouldn't have said it if Athea hadn't said what she said. No, the life I live in Christ, it don't matter what she said, it's on me. I'm going to clear me, regardless of what she said. Y'all, that's living a separate life. And sometimes that can get hard. Because flesh don't want to die. Flesh want to knock somebody out. But when you know you're separate from the world, you say, "Fresh flesh, you dying today. I only have to take you outside and shoot you. Because you dead. So we're talking about living a separate life, y'all. When you are separated, it starts in your home. And one thing I can say about this man, this is what I say. If this man allow my children to disrespect me, then he's not who he say he is. He don't love me the way Christ loved the church. No man should allow any children to disrespect his wife. Even if they write, he said, hold up. 
wait a minute. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you know who you're talking to? Come on, you come down. I mean, you come way down. That's my wife. That's my husband. Oh, no, you will. You better lower that voice. See, because we're one. We're one. You're supposed to stick together. Your kids do not supposed to dominate your wife nor your husband. Do you know why people do that? Because they skirt on them kids. They don't want them kids to leave them. So they rather for the wife to cry or the husband to look like less of a man because they don't want to deal with them churn. That ain't what the word said. Did it? If you don't start with them when they're young, they're going to whoop your behind. You got some kids killing parents. Did y'all know that? They're killing parents. So what we have to do is start at home being separated from, we, we don't bring the world in our home, y'all. We don't do it. And we don't allow our kids to do it. Oh, we're still talking about being separate. That's my room. No, you just staying in it. You ain't paying no bills up in here. That's my room. I pay, play what I want to play in here. You better mute it then. Mute it. You better hear it like you deaf or something because it's not up in here. You know why? Because that comes through your house. Y'all didn't know. This is my room. Your room. When you start paying rent. I'm, I'm this age, but you still here. Come on, come on, y'all. We missing it. Don't go. Don't come. What you doing? What you say? What you doing in my room? Your room? Do I see a receipt saying you paid some rent? See, we got to break it down. I'm a man. You ain't no man till you get out and get your own. Women, I'm gonna tell you this. You no woman until you get out and get your own. Long as you in your parents' house, you abide by their rules. You come in when they tell you to come in. Uh Uh-oh. It's the truth. That's their house. They think they can come, go to college, and you think you can come up in here and and live them them college hours like you've been living. Oh, no, that don't work. That don't work. You coming up in this house because you ain't keeping me up. Did you hear me? You heard me. Or the door's locked. (laughs) Go back where whence you came. So see, y'all, this is this is standards. This is who we serve. We're not being mean. People think that you well, I'm grown. Get you a house and be grown. Buy your deodorant, buy your laundry detergent, buy your toilet tissue to wipe your tail. Then you can say whether or not you're grown. Come on, y'all, let's just nobody don't want to talk about it. Nobody wanna talk about it. They go in and and run your house and tell you what to cook them. Somebody mad. It's the truth. Why you ain't cook me nothing? Oh, Holy Ghost. (laughs) Call him. Call him when you need him. Oh, sweet Jesus. Mmm. Be like Fred Sanford. They coming to join you, Elizabeth. Sweet, sweet Jesus. We live a life that's pleasing 
to God. And y'all, I'm going to tell you something. I understand why my granddaddy and my grandmother, <laughs> they didn't play. <laughs> they did not play. That's why we sneaked out and sneaked back in. <laughs> they didn't play. But he knew we were sneaking, y'all. <laughs> but guess how he fixed that? We sneak back in. I don't think I surely knew this one. We sneak back in, get in that warm bed. Granddaddy in there, five o'clock. Get up. You going in that field today. Granddaddy ain't going to no field today, man. You don't know. You getting out that bed, and if you ain't up, I'm going to pour a glass of cold water on you. It was already cold in the house. <laughs> he come back with the water. <laughs> you got out of that bed. Your punishment was getting out there in that field. So if you got tired of the field, no more sneaking out. You gonna respect his house. I remember Shirley bought us a Yahtzee game. Do you remember that game, Shirley? Yahtzee had a little dice in a cup. Granddaddy say, "Get them dice out of my house. Quit gambling in my house, Granddaddy. We are not gambling." Cut <laughs> right on. He said nothing else. Nothing. We kept playing. Had us a good time that day. Right now, our little numbers. Y'all know Yahtzee. Coming from school, ready to play Yahtzee. Where the Yahtzee game? It's over there in the branch. <laughs> I told you not to play, play them dice in my house. <laughs> he said nothing else. He just told you, and he did what he had to do because you're going to respect his house. If you came in his house loud, ask my daddy. He said, do you have a home? Daddy said, Daddy, you know I have a home. Get to it. In the, he said, you're not bringing it in my house. Because, see, he knew your atmosphere, whatever people bring in your house, lingers in your atmosphere. You do not have that in your house. You don't. Why? Because he knew he served the Lord. And you show disrespect to him, you disrespect in the God that's in him. So it starts at home, y'all. We're supposed to respect our mothers and our fathers no matter how bad it hurts because your life is prolonged upon the earth as you respect them. You're supposed to have that respect. So saying that to say all this, one more scripture. Well, a few more scriptures. <laughs> I said Abraham separated himself from family. Then Abraham separated himself from Lot. This is going to Genesis 12, Genesis 13. Look how Abraham just separated himself. Why? Because he knew whom he was serving. He didn't want strife amongst him. So what did he tell Lot? He said, Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. There should not be this amongst us. We are brothers. How many of us really say that, are we ready to fight like a thief? don't you bring that monkey beginnings up in my house. Stay right there. I get back. Stay right there. <laughs> and they say, what kind of God? I'm going to show you the God in me. Holy ghost. <laughs> peace be still. We're using the word, but you, we got a peace. Isn't that what we do? Hello, somebody. But we're supposed to be humbling ourselves. We're supposed to be showing the love of God, right? But everything else come up and out of us. But what did Abraham do? He did it the right way. He did it the godly way. Then we look again at Abraham and how he sent away his son 
Y'all know he sent Ishmael away from Isaac because Sarah told him to. He went to God and God said, do like your wife said. Why? It was two different nations. And he know that Isaac was the promised seed. So Isaac could not stay amongst Ishmael. Then the other sons that he had, he sent them away from Isaac. Look what God was doing, y'all. So don't get disappointed when you feel left out of something. There may be a reason why you left out. Don't get disappointed when you see your friends doing this or your friends doing that. Or, or y'all, don't get disappointed when you see people getting married and you feel like you need to get married. You better stay single as long as you can till you get yourself together. Because when you bring that man in your life and he got issues and you got issues, it's a bomb getting ready to explode. So it's best to get yourself together with Jesus. And some people say, oh, you say that because you married. Come on, people is giving you wisdom, people. Come on, some of us are just not marriage material. I ain't going to lie. If you're stubborn, if you're rebellious, if you turn red because somebody look at you wrong, men don't marry that woman. I'm telling you right now. Because they're going to blow up on you. And you ain't going to be able to take it. That's when you're going to really get to know Jesus or she going to get to know him before a time. <laughs> Y'all, this is serious business. Everybody want to get married because they see everybody else doing it. Everything that look happy ain't happy. They playing those cards, I'm telling you. There's some jokers in the deck. There's some aces in there. And some kings, y'all don't know. So you got to be careful who you link with. Everything that's good is not good. People got to get their lives together because you don't know where they've been. And some people are finding out where people have been and they're saying, Lord, what have I done? Get it and listen. So we see. Then we go into Daniel. Oh, let me give you the scriptures. It's Genesis 12, Genesis 13, Genesis 21, and Genesis 25. We talked about this one. We look at Daniel. Y'all know about Daniel. Daniel 1. Daniel would not eat the food that was defiled. He purposed in his heart that he was not going to do this. And by him purposing that in his heart, God gave him favor, y'all. Because he was not going outside of what he believed. Do we have any Daniels in the house? Do we truly have some Daniels in the house that say, I'm not going outside of what I believe. See, the, the, the king set the table for Daniel. He said, let Daniel eat from my table. Come on, some people love to eat. So they don't, they don't matter what's on that table. They're going to go ahead and eat it because, hey, I'm sitting at the king's table, y'all. People are going to know I'm at the king's table. But you're doing outside of what you believe. So Daniel said no. So God gave what? He gave Daniel favor. And Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego begin to look ten times better than the ones that ate like they wanted them to eat. See, God is better. So don't fall for any and everything because everything that look good ain't good. When you trust God, you're going to come out 10 times as better than anyone else. Why? Because you didn't compromise because somebody's telling you this. See what the word has to say. Wait on the Lord. Again, I say, wait on the Lord. Don't do it because it sound good. 
Know what God is saying. Because when you get caught up in something, I got something to tell you. I see this. You walk right into it. And you think God's going to pull you out of it. Uh Uh-uh. He's going to leave you right there. He's going to teach you. This is what you asked for. Why do you think that they stayed in Babylon? Why do you think they went to Babylon? Because God kept sending prophets to these people. Telling them, no you don't. Don't you do this. Don't you um, worship them other idols. Don't you give your kids to, um, to Baal. They were putting their kids in a fire. Giving it to a dumb, st- a dead piece of wood. That they had put, go- y'all come on now. They sacrificed their very own kids. People said that ain't happening today. Yes, it is. It's happening today. But the enemy's trying to twist it so we won't see it the way it need to be seen. But when we live in separate lives, we stand up for what his word is saying. This is what Daniel did. Then they tried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they built this statue, and they wanted them to bow down to this false god. They refused to do it. Guess what they did? Heat up the fiery furnace. We're going to throw them in there because they won't abide by our laws. This is what's getting ready to happen, y'all. They setting up things when you don't abide by what they want. This is what's going to happen. They trying to get laws in. I'm telling you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trusted God so much. They said, put us in there. But guess what? When they put him in there, that king looked and said, it's four of them walking around in there. And that's when he began to honor God. He said, y'all begin to worship their God. How are people going to know our God if we don't stand? Some things may not look right to you. Come on, go in the Bible. Some things, he take the foolish things <laughs> to confirm the wise. Don't try to get everything that look good. Sometimes God will put something tore up before you like he did that church over there on Fremont. He put that tore up church before me. I walked in there and I said, God, surely this is not where you want us to go. And this is the picture he gave me. He said, your life looked like this, this building before Jesus came into it. He said, I'm going to transform some lives up in here that's tore up. And they're going to be changed. Y'all, when we finished with that building, and Shirley was so funny. I, ne- I could see her now. <laughs> Shirley was back there. She was pasting the wall. She would put the putty up there, fall down. They taught her how to do it, put the tape and then put the stuff. Glenda taught her how to do it. Shirley up there like this, y'all. It'll fall down. She'll look at it. She'll go again. It'll fall down. I was watching. All of a sudden, Shirley said, Dog. <laughs> It was up there though. We did some patching, y'all. This is no lie. When we finished with that building, people could not believe the transformation. God did a turnaround. People knew that He was in that place. They knew He was in that place. What am I telling you? God wants people to see Him and not you. And the more they see him, the more they're going to want him through you. If they're not seeing him, if they're seeing the world, why are you asking people to be saved and they're seeing how you live? And they say, why do I have to be saved and you doing what I'm doing? What's the difference between me and you? You still lying. 
you still cussing, you still drinking, you still asking me for a, a joint. So tell me what make it any different. And I'm hearing this because you can see in the spirit. And they said, I can see clearly too when I smoke this joint. So what's the difference? Because you might be high off of this instead of Jesus. So what's the difference? You can't tell them what the difference is. Because you're looking like them except you confessing Christ. They don't want what you got. There have to be a difference, y'all. And this is why I want to say this scripture for last. Go with me to Ephesians 5. And we're going to read that. The majority of that scripture. I'm reading out the expanded version. Listen at what Paul was saying to the Ephesians. You are God's children whom he loves. So try to be like, imitate him. Live a life of love. Walk in love just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a sweet, smelling, fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But there must be no, listen at this. But there must be no hint, mention, rumor of sexual sin among you or any kind of evil impurity or greed. Those things are not right, proper, fitting for God's holy people. Did y'all hear that? Let me read that again. But there must be no hint, mention, rumor of sexual sin among you or any kind of evil impurity or greed. Those things are not right, proper, fitting for God's holy people. Also, there must be no evil talk, filthiness among you, and you must not speak foolishly or tell evil, crude, coarse, vulgar jokes. These things are not right for you out of place and character. Listen at this. Instead, you should be giving thanks to God. You can be sure of this. No one will have a place, inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God who sins sexually or does evil and pure things or is greedy. Anyone who's greedy is serving a false god and idolater. Do not let any, anyone fool deceive you by telling you things that are not true or with shallow philosophies, with empty words. Because these things will bring, ang bring God's anger, wrath on those who do not obey him. So have nothing to do, listen at this, so have nothing to do with them. Do not partner, associate with them. In the past, you were full of darkness, but now you are full of light in the Lord. So live, walk like children who belong to living in the light. Light brings every kind of goodness, right living, and truth. Try to learn, discern, test, and prove what pleases the Lord. This is verse 11. Have nothing to do with, take no part in the things done in darkness, which are not worth anything, unfruitful, but show that they are wrong, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about what those people do in secret. But the light makes all things easy to see, is visible, exposed, and everything that is made easy to see can become light. That why that this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on, give light to you. So be very careful how you live and walk. Do not live, walk like those who are not wise, foolish, but live wisely like those who are wise. 
take uh, advantage of every opportunity because these are evil times. So do not be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. Y'all, that wraps it up. If you go back over Ephesians 5 and really study on that, God is letting us know what we should be doing and how we should be living. And if you're living anything in there that's outside of the way he's telling you to live, that can be changed. You can turn from that. We cannot say we're serving God and living in darkness. We expose darkness with light that's coming from us. When you're hanging around people that are doing these things and you are the light, you either draw them or you do what? Drive them. Your light's supposed to shine in the midst of darkness where darkness wants your light. Remember, God separate the light from the darkness. He said, let there be light in the midst of the darkness. So when we come in this world, we're supposed to come as a light to the world. And they want that light. They want to come out of the darkness because the light exposed the darkness. The more you get the light from this word, the more darkness in your life will be exposed. But people that are not in the world, in the word of God, they are walking around in darkness and they're safe. And they're saying it's normal. And it's not. Light and darkness don't mix, y'all. I have, I'm not judging nobody, but the life you live speaks. People with titles in front of their name. It's saying, Lord, Lord. But they're on the dance floor. Dancing, cutting up, doing just like the world is doing. Christians following them. And nobody see nothing wrong with it. Something is wrong with that. Because you're reflecting him. And everything that he do, that's what we supposed to do. We don't supposed to be singing, oh, how I love Jesus. And then the next thing we know, we're telling our children, break it down for me. That's wrong. We're in the world, y'all, but we're not of the world. We're supposed to be separate. from. And see, we're always calling on God and, and saying what God can do. But our life ain't reflecting what he's already done. It's a lot of people calling on God and saying what God can do. But is your life reflecting what he's already done? And it's not that I or anybody else tried to be so holy. It's just who you are. It's just who you have become through taking part of the light that's coming through this word. See, I remember, y'all remember Brother John, rest his soul. Me and Daddy was talking about him last night. John was always the type that whatever he had to say, he would say it. And he told me one day, he looked at me, he said, Pastor, I was waiting on you to fall. He said, because ain't nobody... Ain't nobody that I saw that I saw preaching would stand. And matter of fact, John took and brought his pastor to our church. And he was waiting on his, he said, I knew God got something for you. You need to come tonight and hear what God got to say. He brought his pastor. He was his pastor, Armour Bear. And God broke it down to that pastor. 
Brother John was behind the pastor being a cheerleader. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's the truth. He was by, he bought the pastor. He's the pastor armor bearer. And some of the things that God told the pastor, John was happy. The pastor was living in sin, y'all. And it got exposed. He came into light and darkness got exposed and Brother John was happy. Because he knew what was going on. But I told Brother John, follow me. See, the table's turned. Follow me as I follow Christ. If you know what's going on and he's still in it, why are you following him? So there's a difference, y'all. When you know somebody is living a tore up life and they're not willing to change, you're supposed to depart yourself from that person. You don't supposed to sit there and say, well, I'm praying that they change. No, you love him what they do. Because if you don't told them what the word is saying, you're supposed to separate yourself. Whomever you socialize with, associate with, that's what you become. Eventually, you're going to end up doing what they're doing because it's feeling good to you. And they're leading you into sin. And then you caught up into something. And they get out of it, but you get left holding the bag. God loves us so much that he's bringing this teaching in this house again. To say it's time for separation. It's time to let go of what you're holding on to. It may be a little thing, but that little thing is leading somebody else into something they don't need to be led in. Because so many people get so used to lying and not telling the truth that it becomes so much a part of them. You can walk up to a person and you can say, how this look? Girl, that look good. You lying. Come on, little simple stuff. You ain't being honest with people. You have to tell them the truth. Well, you asked me, if you didn't want me to tell you, you shouldn't have asked me. Go home and take that off. <laughs> Serious business. Now my husband know where I'm going. My husband. You know, we asked each other about clothes. Don't y'all ask y'all husband, your mama, daddy? He asked me about a pair of shoes one Sunday morning. I said, don't wear them shoes. Wife didn't know what she was talking about, Okay. He wore them, but he was kind of double-minded. He took another pair just in case, but he didn't put them on. He come into church. He asked somebody how these shoes look. They said, go home quickly. <laughs> then that's what he told him. But he didn't take my word. He, he, he kind of took my word, but he took another pair of shoes. But he thought, I ain't know what I was talking about, you know. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you, you know, Willie. Don't ask me, because I love you enough to tell you the truth. I may tell somebody differently than I tell you because I know where they are and where you're not, but I'm going to let you know truth. Knowing the truth will set you free, because if I don't tell you and somebody else that you around tell you and then you come back to me and say, did you know this? Yes, and you didn't tell me? No, they don't want to talk to you no more because they can't trust you. It's time for us to be who we say we are in Christ. It's time for us to stand up for what we believe. If you believe it, stand up for it. People are going to be mad at you. That's how you know who you are in Christ. Amen? So it's time for separation. Anybody have anything to say on separation before we close? Nobody have nothing to say. Praise. Okay.
Okay, then we're going to have the deacon to close us out. We will have Calvin to close us out from the back, and we will be dismissed.